Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Now, after two failed marriages, Dr. Gary Salyer dedicated himself to research and transformational work to help unlock the heart and to release his soul to love again. On today's show, Dr. Salyer is here to share his views on lasting love and how it is possible, even for those who may have given up hope. Are you ready to meet him? The author of Safe to Love Again, How to Release the Pain of Past Relationships and Create the Love You Deserve, Dr. Gary Salyer also offers experiential interactive programs through his Safe to Love Again workshop and Extraordinary Couples and Extraordinary Singles Retreats. He's a highly sought after guest on various podcasts, oh, like this one, TV and radio shows such as The Aware Show on Hay House Radio and on Coast to Coast AM. You can find out more about Dr. Salyer and his work at GarySalyer.com. Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you, Karen. I'm welcome to be here. I'm just so thankful that you've had me on your show. Well, thank you. I'm glad you're here. So it just, uh, I teased just a little bit, those two failed marriages. Why did you write the book? Because you're perfect, right? And you know everything about love and you got it the first time and everything you do is perfect, right? (laughs) Of course, everything I do is perfect. (laughs) Uh, just make sure you don't, you know, don't ask anybody. <laughs> but no, there's nobody perfect. Um, now, for me, it just went back to childhood and noticing coming in a very dysfunctional family where there was a lot of alcoholism and divorce. I noticed when I was seven, everybody was miserable and nobody was happy. And I remember thinking, why can't people love each other better? And my kids often do. And when I went to college, I said, that's never going to happen to me. Never, ever. So and I was the first person in seven generations to, to finish high school, mind you. Wow. So I had a degree in religion and psychology, and I said, that should do it. That should do it. And then in my senior year, a professor calls me and says, hey, we want, we want you to do this personality test. So I do it, and a couple of days later, he calls me to do his office. Well, these are the results. Find out you've got a personality. Great. And then as I'm leaving, just as I'm, I'm opening the door, he says, oh, by the way, you have a 90% chance of having a divorce. Oh. And I was floored. I was like, what do you mean? I, I just did all this work. I did college. And so I actually stopped my graduation and went a fifth year of college to work on marriage and family, another degree. Uh, and I thought, surely now I've knocked this out. Twelve years later, a divorce knocks on my door. And I am confused. I did so much study. And I'd done some counseling. Then I, so I threw myself at it, did more reading, more workshops, and seven years of therapy, seven plus years. <laughs> Pronounced myself well and got married again. And four years later, it's down the tubes. And I'm like really shocked. And so, and then when I noticed I was still showing up, and this time I noticed the places in me that were Mr. Wrong. I said, this is interesting that all these degrees and all this studying and all, and all this therapy 
has made me good at managing pain, but it didn't change my core style of picking partners or relating. And I said, nobody should work this hard for so poor of results. Whatever the code is that will allow people to have lasting love, I dedicated my life. I said, if they can't find it, I will. Because Mm -hmm. nobody should have this much pain when they've worked that hard. So there's got to be a code, and that's what I did, and that's why I wrote the book. Uh, After 10, 12 years of doing the research and working with clients, I have a better way of looking at things. So what what is it? What what did you learn about love? I'm hearing you say that it's more about you than it is about the partners. Yeah. Oh, it almost always is. You know, that's if you're single and, and you're meeting somebody and they're always talking about how their ex uh, was all the problem. You know, unless they had a serious personality disorder, that tells you they're not ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I learned is, you know, at first I thought there's got to be some logic here, right? The PhD in me. Uh, And then you find out that what tells your brain that you're loved are four core feelings. And that when we are aligned with these four feelings, that we give and we take them. And we only give these four feelings. And we only take these four feelings. That's when we pick and choose and create and maintain really loving relationships. But there's a lot in culture that takes us away from them dating advice and everything else. Those four core feelings that your brain has been using since you're one years old, if you understand attachment science, which is the science how your brain gets wired to love and be loved in the first place. From the time you're one, uh, a young baby doesn't have any feelings or, I mean, doesn't have anything but feelings. There's no beliefs, there's no stories, there's no logic, just feelings. And yet we know that babies from uh, can tell, we can tell that, you know, that they know their love by uh, how they separate from mothers and how they return back. Those that are really loved calm down really quickly and play, and those that don't, uh, they either pull away uh, or they're very anxious. And the feelings that tell that secure baby they're loved, it's the only thing that tells them at that age, is welcomed with joy, worthy and nourished, cherished and protected, and empowered with choice. When a baby is first welcomed in the world, oh, there's a little cute kid, so glad you were born. You know, we give the babies that. Or it's like, and as adults, it's like, good morning, gorgeous. You know, or it looks like you had a hard day, honey. Come here and get a hug. That's welcome with joy. Uh, worthy and nourished is it's okay to reach out and ask for your needs and know that they're going to be planning. They're, they, they have made mental notes as to what you need and what you want and your pra- patterns and your preferences. Cherished and protected is, I get to separate and be a me, like a little toddler can go away and play, and they play on their own terms. You get to create your own experience. You get to have a say, right? You do it within an empowering, protecting way. If you've ever noticed how babies like playing by themselves and not with you out of the room, mm-hmm. that's cherished and protected. They, they, can, they, they explore best when they know they have a, a, a backup, a home port in somebody's heart as, a, as an adult. And then empowered with choice. Do you get to create your own experience? Do you get to say what you want? Do you have a voice? Do you have choice? And if we get all those four feelings and we give them in in dating and in a relationship, welcome, worthy, cherished, and empowered, we feel loved. If we get back to that, now uh, we've got something that actually is in alignment with our, our brain's original GPS for love. And 
the key in the work that I would do a client is getting those feelings to, to have a right to have all those feelings because we're not always given that right. I think for a, a lot of people who've had childhoods where maybe they grew up not feeling welcomed or not feeling nourished or protected or empowered, we, I believe we tend to sometimes recreate our own negative stuff until we're ready to look at it and work through it. Do you, do you know what I mean? And so we might re, we might create relationships with other people as we're adults, as we're looking for lovers or partners or spouses, where we are getting the, the opposite of those secure feelings. Oh, absolutely. And there's kind of a bug in the program. For instance, you know, when I was born, my mother wanted a girl. And she was so disappointed, she refused to name me until the state of Ohio sent police officers uh, to the um, house and saying, ma'am, you got to name the child. And when she refused, one of the officers said, well, we can put you someplace for a while where you can think about it or you can name the child. <laughs> you know, now, not a lot of welcome there. And, you know, my mom had a with borderline personality disorder. Then, you, know, you didn't want to be a part of that we. So mm -hmm. the best deal available was I didn't have a right to be cherished and protected because there was no protected in that we. So some part of me says the best deal is not to belong, which is our birthright. The best deal is to be separate because she doesn't like you. She's got some problems and it's dangerous over there. Now, now so I didn't have a right to feel cherished and protected or and when I got in my first marriage, some part of me says, was, was safe at four and five? Was it safer being separate? Great. So I, I tended to be more separate to pursue my intellectual pursuits. And though I loved her, she felt lonely. Because mm. my brain kept going for the old best deal. And it wasn't the best deal anymore. So the problem is <clears throat> it wasn't safe originally feeling cherished and some part takes it off as a better deal and says no don't want that and then when your brain keeps running it then it sets you up for heartache later and uh so the key is is to allow your brain to feel safe to be welcomed again safe so that it's okay to reach out to your needs and then you can create and give a relationship that actually will last it seems like it could be difficult to do because I, so I'm an, I'm an intuitive guide. So I talk to people on the phone all day mm -hmm. and I hear a lot of people who are dating on apps and somebody will call me and say, Oh, I've got four dates this week. And people, right. You go out with someone, you're making kind of very quick judgments about whether they're right for you. Do we match up? You people get ghosted. They get all the, all this kind of stuff happens. You think it's going great. And then the person leaves, you never know what happened. It's hard to, I can see how you might dating now feel unsafe because there's no, it's almost like there's no time to talk about those secure feelings and the rights. Oh, no doubt. I personally believe that the way dating has evolved is that there's an epidemic of worthlessness out there of not mm -hmm. enough. I'm not worthy. <laughs> and that's one of the things about the book is you're worthy of these things. Others, you know, and when you think about it, it's kind of this, the ghosting. Somebody doesn't feel safe. The, the Internet is a perfect place for those who are afraid of being in love to go out and get a little hit of attention, just enough to keep them going and then pull back and you go, what happened? Yeah. Or think about it this, you know, there's these the online dating apps. They don't emphasize 
these secure feelings. They act, they emphasize compatibility list. You know, are you six four? You know, and you make you know six figures. Do you do Pilates? You know, <laughs> and have you read Dostoevsky? <laughs> right. Well, you know, how many of those people can people can say that? Um, and so we're always comparing each other to these long lists. Uh, and which one of us compares up to any of them? Uh, in fact, I had a client that. Uh, when she first started working with me, she tells me the first thing she says, I'm online dating and I hit the jackpot. I'm always interested in what the jackpot is, right? She goes, oh, he's a doctor. <laughs> mm. and, and, and three weeks later, he's made her feel horrible. And so then we work together and we give her back more of a feeling of worthy. And the next time she tells me, she goes, wow, I've got two choices. I've got a lawyer. And there's another guy here, though. And he shows up in an Hawaiian shirt. He's got a little pudgy. He's balding. But he makes her feel great. Mm-hmm. When she's worthy and she feels it at her court due to the work we did, she picks the man that makes her feel great rather than the guy who's got all the compatibility list stuff. And But he doesn't give her these four feelings. And we know from research that when couples fail, they often say we weren't compatible. They go back to these lists. They don't, what they don't do is, is they don't say, you know, with the quality of our friendship, which I define as these four feelings. So when people, what we find out is, is compatibility, using that as your, your GPS and these lists, that's more of a predictor and a setup for not lasting because it takes your attention away from what love is. Love is giving and receiving these four feelings. And when I work with couples, I get them attuned. Every week, do a check-in, one to 10. And if you're online here, if you're in a dating relationship and uh, you're a couple, think about this for a second. One to 10, this week, how, how well did I feel welcomed with joy? How well did I give it? How well did I feel worthy and nourished to have my needs met? How well did I feel cherished and protected? How well did I feel empowered with choice? Now you got a roadmap for what's really off before it goes too far off. Now you, you and your beloved or your date can say, hey, you know, this could be a little, this, this is a little problem here. And we could work on that. How do we feel more welcoming or more worthy with each other? You're listening to we are listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Dr. Gary Salyer. His new book is Safe to Love Again, How to Release the Pain of Past Relationships and Create the Love You Deserve. You can find out more about Dr. Salyer and his work at GarySalyer.com. That's G-A-R-Y-S-A-L-Y-E-R.com. So, Gary, for people who have been through the ringer, and they maybe they were married and they got divorced and they tried the online thing and they thought they met someone, but then that person ghosted them or they thought they found their one true love. And then it turned out it just it all fell apart. People give up and they start to feel terrible about themselves. They start to feel like it's not safe to love again. Mm-hmm. How do you how can you help people recover their strength and their hope? Are there times when you should just give up hope? You know, it's interesting you talk about this because I do believe that when, you know, there's also kind of an epidemic of hopelessness out there. And it's a funny little setup the way it is. Say you start off life and you weren't really uh, given a right to feel worthy. You, f- you were given the feeling of not enough or unworthy. If you only have the right to feel unworthy, 
and these are rights. I talk about these as rights. Permission slips were given in life. Then you'll choose someone who is a taker or won't meet your needs because you only have a right for unworthy. If you have only a right to feel disempowered, you'll find someone who will dominate you or you'll lose yourself in a relationship and then resent it. And then your brain does something. Once you're set up and you don't realize your brain is only doing what it has the rights for, we only have the experience in a relationship, we have the rights, and it's restoring our brain to its factory settings. So we have a right to have our needs met, a right to separate and belong, a right to create our experience and the others I talk about. Once we restore those rights, things are different. But until that's done, our brain will keep picking, choosing, and creating the very thing that we have the, the rights for. It's like if I give you a cruise ticket to um, someplace in Norway for a really cool uh, cruise line, but you don't have a passport, you won't go. And then the brain does one funny little thing. It begins to say, this is so painful. I'll start deleting all the possibilities for love because I believe it's going to go bad. And that's when the brain gets really hopeless. It takes hope away as a way of protecting you, but the cure is worse than the wound. Mm. Yeah, step into that for a moment. <laughs> well, it's uh, it just it's what it's like the snake that swallows its tail. I mean, you just go then you just go around and around and around and around. Well, the the key is to realize that you have these God-given, you know, life-given. Um, Right. You have a right. And when we restore these six rights I talk about in the book that give us these feelings, a right to exist, a right to have our needs met, a right to separate and belong in an empowering we, right to create our experience, a right to assert and have a voice, and a right to love and be loved back. Once you have a right, your brain doesn't choose unworthy partners. Then there's real hope. Hmm. It's That's the key. Is, is to give your brain back the right to create and pick that, that wonderful partner. And once your brain has that right, once you feel worthy, you just don't choose unworthy. The way this, and people that are more worthy are attracted to you. If someone's a taker, they bounce off people who really feel worthy. They have to find someone that feels unworthy or it won't work. It's attraction subconsciously. It's just working like that. Like one client that worked with me, he was always a... Uh, attracting what he said, drama queens. And he <laughs> felt so unworthy. Uh, but when we worked on that feeling of worthiness, he calls me one day, he says, he says something weird's going on there. I go, what's that? He says, he says, women are attracted to me that's got their stuff together. And I don't get it because that's never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I've always had all the drama queens. And I said, that's because you're feeling worthy. And when you're feeling worthy, those people who feel worthy know, oh, that person feels worthy. They're, they can give me that feeling. And, and so now those women who feel worthy trust you, so they'll be attracted to you. This is the way it is. And so it not only changes who we're attracted to, it changes who's attracted to us. That's the real key. And it's all these deep feelings <laughs> running the show that give us these rights that create secure, lasting love. And uh, that's what the book is. It's a roadmap to the original factory settings in your brain. It's a roadmap to, you know, your birthright on this planet is to be loved in a lasting love. Uh, and how you get there is restoring these things. You've got to feel them in your core. It's not just mentally knowing I'm worried. It's, you know, the work I do is getting it so the clients feel it at the base of their brain and in their body. I am worthy. I am, I am 
empowering and empowered. Um, it changes everything when we when we give and receive these feelings. It just changes the way we date, the way we relate, the way we mate. Mm. Do you believe that there is one right person for everyone? No, that would be a scarcity model, my idea, Karen. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, things happen. Uh, you know, I just wrote a blog for widows. I mean, stuff happens, you know. Um, and I do believe, I do believe in soulmates. But I believe soulmates are, I, I, I've heard some stories that are so incredible that I, I don't doubt for one moment that maybe something was planned ahead of time by souls. But for most people, it's about creation. Uh, how we create it. I think you can, if you, you can have a soulmate relationship and lose it if you don't keep paying attention. Uh, but most times it's created. And I think there are multiples. So, you know, we choose the one from the ones. Not everybody <laughs> can be a soulmate. But I think, you know, if you wind up marrying, there's one of the ones. There can't be just one person <laughs> in the world out there because that's the needle in the haystack. But I do believe that souls can have a contract and the quality you want you want to hear my definition of what a soulmate contract is? yeah so you know some people have the idea you can see it a lot there's the good enough marriage you know people ask you know did i do okay today huh? did i love did, did i screw up today that's one contract and a lot of people have and it's, and it's a good and honorable contract but real soulmates the contract is anything that does not bring out the very best in my partner is a breach of the contract. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, anything that doesn't bring up the best. Now, with just a few minutes left here, would you let us know what we can find on your website so that listeners can reach out, find out more about your work, get their hands on that book? Okay. The book is on Amazon, Safe to Love Again, at my website, GarySalyer.com, S-A-L-Y-E-R. Um, there's two things you can buy. There are ways, if you really would like to have a conversation with me, there are things called Love Maps. You can contact me there. And I have these uh, really wonderful two to three, four-minute videos that at the one time previewed the book <laughs> before it was written, but I go over it. And uh, there's got some other people like John Gray and Ariel Ford and Paul Craig Bradson, and there's advice for singles and couples. I can honestly tell you that a couple that were twice divorced and were engaged and were almost ready to break off their engagement found my site, signed up, and started listening to these videos. And they Facebook messaged me and told me, your videos are the reason we're still going to get married. <laughs> and wow. we, we were able to work it through. Uh, and I got to see the beautiful pictures in, in Paris when they got married. Um, so wow. it's very practical. Uh, those are the two things you find on my website. You can find the book, way, way to contact me, well, actually three, and these things called love notes. Uh, and wow. uh, so, somewhere in there, there's better possibilities and you have a right. And that's my tagline. It's what I believe. Um, everybody deserves a love that lasts. And it's throughout there. Don't let anybody tell you you don't deserve it. You deserve it. It was your birthright. It's time to reclaim it. 
That's beautiful. And it's magical because it's not about it's yours and you deserve it. Now run faster, be it. You know what I mean? You have to look a certain way, do these five steps. It's about coming into your own power. It's about, right. It's about knowing, knowing yourself. And as you said, kind of set everything, do, do a reset, set everything back to where it needs to be. To me, that that's magic. That's beautiful. There's a lot of hope in that for people who are ready to love again. Thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a beautiful experience. Um, you know, I can kind of tell when people have wonderful, beautiful souls and mm-hmm. you have one and I'm <laughs> you and I thank you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. This is um, to me talking to people like this and learning new things and hearing about their experiences is the most fun that you can have. And so I'm grateful. Thank you for sharing your time with me today, too. That's Dr. Gary Salyer, and his new book is Safe to Love Again How to Release the Pain of Past Relationships and Create the Love You Deserve. You can find out more about Dr. Salyer and his work at GarySalyer.com. That's G. A-R-Y-S-A-L-Y-E-R dot com. And of course, you're very welcome over at KarenHager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can book a private session with me if you are so inclined. The new Heart of Abundance class is up and cooking. And by the time you hear this show, there will it will be available for you as a downloadable class. But there's take class. Yes, please come to class if you want. But there's also tons of freebies on the class page at KarenHager.com slash abundance. So go and get those. And if you believe, as I do, that when we focus our attention on change, things really do change. I invite you to join me the first Sunday of every month for opening the peaceful heart, a call for love, where we spend 15 minutes in guided meditation, all focused on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. That's a free call. You are welcome. Tell everyone, you know, you can get details about that and listen to, I think there's more than 50 now archived meditations for your pleasure and edification at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.